Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, hello, and a very good afternoon to you, everyone. This is Suzanne Knabenikol from Police Science Doctor with your weekly dose of police science snippets. What are police science snippets, I hear you say? Well, you know how the academics do a lot of great research and publish that research in academic journals. It's mainly consumed by other academics because normal people, including the police practitioners, law enforcement practitioners, and myself, we don't actually have subscription access to most of these publications. Um, so most of that research is only getting consumed and read by other academics and researchers. And I don't think that's the point of it. I think the point should be that if there's something that has been found out to be working or not working in criminology, police science, um, investigative psychology, forensic psychology, in all these areas, I think it should actually be communicated to the police and law enforcement practitioners like you. So um, what I've what I basically do on a weekly basis, I go through the research that I can, so I can, you know, we can all access the abstracts. The abstract is a is a short summary of the piece, and um, I try to find three golden nuggets, and these I call police science snippets. So these are actually pieces of research that have been done that have an actionable quality to them. So it's not about theoretical things or methodological things. It's something that you can put into practice straight away or something that you consider straight away or something that you can somehow integrate into your work as a police or law enforcement practitioner straight away. So what I do, I've got this free email list. If you go to, um, excuse me, just hit my microphone. If you go onto the main website, I'm going to put this link into the chat. Speaking of chat, please say hello. Tell me where you're actually watching from. I always like um, to see, you know, what the international reach is of this. So just say um, where you're watching from, say hello. Um, but in the chat, I've just put um, a link to the main website, policesciencedoctor.com. Just put your details into the registration form that will either pop up or you'll find it at the bottom of each page. And that way you can join the free police science doctor email list. What you get is, as I've just explained, is the three police science snippets emailed to you every week. So with the title, the information I'm going to read out to you now, and the link to the actual research. So I'm not talking about my research. I'm trying to be a conduit of that research to you. I, I select things that I think will be of use to you, and I send them on to you. But you can always go back to the original research. And if you have access, read the whole thing. If you don't have access, read at least the abstract. Um, depending on, on which link I find, some of them are actually full documents. And um, in this, okay, out of these three science snippets this week, there's one that is a full article. So I hope that this is useful to you. So let me just read out what these snippets, snippets, snippets are for this week. The first one is about incarceration and mental health. Significant harms to mental health are caused in people aged 16 to 24 through incarceration. This effect was not observed in those aged 25 or over. Now, this does not mean that people who are over 25 are quite happy to go into prison. But what it does mean is that um, with, when we're dealing with people who are under the age of 25, we should really consider if there's any diversionary um, routes that we can take. We, um, there's an amazing project uh, called Turning Point. I think um, here in the UK, I think Manchester, so I need to get in touch with someone. I would like to make a video about it because they actually defer putting prosecuting people and putting them into prison by arranging a contract with them saying, right, you're going to do this, you're going to go to these meetings, you're going to do X, Y, Z. And they, they set up a contract with that person. 
And they have found that if they do that, so if they prevent the person from being prosecuted straight away, if they break the contract, they will get prosecuted. That's why it's called deferred prosecution. If they give people the option, um, actually, I'm not sure if they give the option, but if they if people agree to this contract of behavior instead of going to prison, they reoffend much less than people who are incarcerated. So we can save a lot of money, save a lot of reoffending by actually giving alternatives to prison to people. Now, according to this science snippet, and again, the link is in the email if you're an email subscriber. If not, just join the list and you will have access to all upcoming and previous police science snippets. So the, the article is saying that. Well, all I'm saying, based on what I've read here in this article, that actually maybe for younger people, it's even more significant that we try and find alternative ways of dealing with them rather than putting them into prison. I think we should do that for all age groups, but especially in young people, it causes so much damage that it's not going to help them become a good member of society. Okay, that's the first one. Um We've got Jim here watching from, now I want to say Arkansas um, because that's what he's written, but I'm sure it's called Arkansas. I've heard that um, I've heard that mentioned in movies and all that. And Anne is from the UK. Hello very much. Very much welcome, Anne. Um, and hello to everyone else who's watching. So the second snippet is um, police staff stress during COVID-19. Civilian members of police who were expected to work fully or partially from their usual place of work experienced higher levels of stress during COVID-19 than staff members who were able to work from home. Those who were interacting with members of the public experienced even higher levels of stress. So anyone who's in a position in a police force or in a police department where you can make these kind of um, calls about who has to come into work and who has, who's, who's got the ability to work from home, this research is saying that those who have to come in, especially if they have to interact with members of the public, now to be fair, that is that may be unavoidable during COVID, but if it's, if it's a computer and telephone-based job, do consider the option of letting them work from home. So the stress levels for those who had to be at an office or at a place of work during COVID was a lot higher than for those who were working from home. Okay, now, and stress has an enormous impact. Um, and the last snippet for today is um, CCTV and crime rates. So obviously, you know, cities and places install CCTV because they want to deter crime and they want to solve crime. Now, this research was, was actually looking at whether it's doing that. Intuitively, I would want CCTV to be there because, you know, in a way it makes me feel safer. But this research is saying that the presence and use of CCTV cameras does not seem to prevent crime from taking place. However, CCTV does increase crime clearance rates for offenses committed near them. That makes sense if something is committed, you know, if, you know if, if a crime is committed around um, a camera, then it's got a higher chance of getting cleared up if there, if, and if. Um, if the camera was there compared to where the camera was not there. And then obviously this effect of higher clearance rate drops with increasing distance from the camera. So these were the three snippets for today. And then the, the last thing I wanted to tell you about, oh, I forgot to show this, I forgot to show my ticker. Look how it makes me look like a news reporter. Um, so you may have heard me talk about the um, next conference, the rapid fire conference on investigative interviewing in particular. So this one is themed specifically. Um, I managed to pull together fantastic specialists um, in this field. Now, these are going to be short training sessions. And I say 10 minutes, but 10 minutes, but um, 
people who are very knowledgeable and very passionate about their field um, struggle to stick to 10 minutes. So maybe a little bit longer, but then we've got fantastic training sessions um, coming up. Now, why I call it a rapid fire conference is because it's not going to be a one hour lengthy, dry, boring talk where your brain switches off so that afterwards you don't actually know what you've been hearing or listening to or if you learned anything. These are short, sharp training sessions. And I'm actually going to quite great lengths to make sure you you actually absorb that learning material. So, you know, I give an introduction to the session, um, I play the session, and then I discuss it. I pull out the main learning points for you to deepen that experience. What I'm also doing is I'm transcribing all the sessions and I'm putting them together in an ebook. It's a PDF. You can download that following the event. And then you can have the talk with you. So you can always look up, you know, what did they say about this? What was step four? You know, what did they say um, works best in here? What should I avoid in this case? So if you want to take that learning away with you from the conference, you'll be able to do that because the ebook will be available. So um, I'm going to put in the link to where you register for that conference. It's free. So everybody welcome. Um, please do join in hordes. And um uh, just put that into the comments. Hopefully you can see that. It's just policesciencedoctor.com forward slash RFC2, Rapid Fire Conference 2. And just to give you a little bit more of a more context to this, I'm going to show you the video. And after that, I bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam, this is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.